Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. One guest this week, but it is an excellent one. Kate Abdo is the Champions League host for CBS. Recently just signed a long-term deal with them. That is a great piece of business by CBS. To me, Kate Abdo, Rebecca Lowe, the two best hosts in the United States when it comes to soccer. And Kate and I have a great conversation just about how this came together working uh, the recent Champions League, why her show with Thierry Henry, Jamie Carragher, and Micah Richards has become a must-watch for soccer fans. It, uh, it rightfully has earned its place. To me, one of the three or four best sports studio shows across all sports. And uh, Kate is just great. Really, really smart, thoughtful, fluid in four languages. One of the best talents, in my opinion, uh, in sports television today. Before we get to that conversation, I wanted to take a quick moment uh, to talk about the uh, athletics layoffs. Um, I think anybody who listens to this podcast knows this podcast is independent from The Athletic. The Athletic does not own it. Um, I do it independently with another company, and intentionally so. And this week was a horrible week. Lost uh, some 20-something colleagues. Every person there was who who was let go is just an incredible talent. Um, certainly didn't have anything to do with their talents and their abilities. And um, it sucks. I, you know, I realize that uh, the media industry is not the only industry that has seen uh, these kind of job cuts, but uh, the media industry in particular has had a brutal year. Um, Sarah Fisher of Axios uh, put out a note on uh, Tuesday, mentioned that there's at least, at least in terms of known, 17,436 job cuts so far this year when it comes to the media industry. That's the highest to date level of cuts on record. And I guarantee that's undersold because there's probably cuts that, you know, publicly nobody knows about. So, um, you know, I wish for everybody who was affected by uh, this week to find other employment they're they're just all exceptionally talented and it sucks i wish i had something uh you know 
something eloquent to say about it, but, but I don't, um, it's, you know, it's, it happens far too often in this industry and, uh, and it's depressing as hell. Anyway, there's no great segue to move on for this, but, uh, but I had a great conversation with Kate Abdo that I think you're going to appreciate. And so she comes up on the sports media podcast. All right. As I said at the top, um, uh, very excited to have this guest. It's somebody who I've written about for the athletic previously at sports illustrated. I think anybody who knows my work knows that, um, I have great admiration for her work. I think she's one of the best soccer hosts in the world. It is Kate Abdo. She is the champions league host for CBS as well as Paramount Plus's coverage of obviously that league. She's just back from the final where Manchester city completed its historic season and uh and kate got to see that live which is pretty cool and now back uh back i think in los angeles right uh and welcome to the sports media podcast thank you thank you for having me yeah uh back in la only for two well actually i was here yesterday today and then wednesday tomorrow i'll head to vegas for the Concacaf nations league that we're covering on cbs as well so two days at home though is better than no days at home okay what does your passport look like do you have like fifty thousand stamps in there <laughs> <laughs> my passport is busy my air miles are even better my air miles are ridiculous you ever see up in the air that george clooney anna kendrick film yes so. yeah that's that's <laughs> that that could be i mean i'm not saying you know obviously you have a life outside of the plane but you know you're you're one of the people who <laughs> in our profession would be accumulating a ton of miles all right the um the very big career news for you is that you have decided to sign with CBS exclusively, CBS Sports exclusively. For many years, you know, we had seen your work, whether it be Fox or on other outlets. And so uh, you, you obviously professionally made a decision like that you feel at home at this place. So why did you decide to sign with them exclusively? Um, I think it's just been, it's been a really good relationship from day one. Um, and I think as with any network, there's a, a level of discomfort when you're visible on multiple networks. I think people um, tend to like to feel some, some networks tend to like to feel some kind of ownership. So um, I think we just, see, CBS and I seem to align. We have a similar way of wanting to do television. Um, and it just feels like a relationship that works. And so to be connected to Champions League, I think if you work in soccer, for me personally, the one product I would love to work on would always be Champions League. It would always be the one I pick as much as I love the Premier League. Um, and so I think knowing that CBS have, have got that contract long term for another eight years, it was just always something that I, I hoped for at the point that they decided to really invest long term in soccer. I hope that our relationship would be long term. And I think it just it probably feels more respectful of the way that they have invested in me for me to invest solely in them. So without giving anything up pr proprietary or please go as sort of far as you're comfortable, like how does something like that work? Do you, do you, does your agent approach CBS sports management to say something like Kate's experience here has been great. She would love to commit to you full time. Do they come to you and say, Hey, we think the show that you're you've been hosting is fantastic and we want to lock you up for an extended period of time. How does it how does it work to get to the place that you're at now? Um, I think in this case, it was my agent deciding, OK, CBS have now committed long term to Champions League. It would be nice to see if we can get you 
a longer deal there because it's it's a great home. And I think also, you know, CBS maybe didn't love that I did the 2022 World Cup with Fox. And obviously Fox have a lot of big big events approaching in the Women's World Cup this summer, the Euros the year after that, the 2026 World Cup in the US. Um, and so I think it just probably from both sides, there was a desire to, to maybe get that done. It's good agenting. You want to give your he or she a plug there or you want to keep that person? <laughs> yes, Matt Olson. I have a great relationship with him. Uh, I think with an agent, you always want somebody that you're comfortable representing you in a room. And that's really important to me. Uh, and so I, I consider Matt a friend firstly and, and a great agent secondly. Yeah, this is going to be painful because I really don't like to give compliments to the, you know, good looking suit crowd. <laughs> but uh, Matt, he is an excellent agent. And, and I know his other clients. Oh, I'm glad you think so. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, and uh, man, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to have to like say a Hail Mary after this, but like, yeah, I mean, that is an astute observation from, from UK. And I think that's, I, th I think he's, he's very, very good at what he does. Um, and by the way, someone who doesn't necessarily crave press or attention, which to me is always a very good sign for an agent as well. Uh, that concludes yes. the agent portion of this podcast, Kate, by the way, we will move quickly move <laughs> on from that. All right. So I want to get to the show uh, because it's really, really outstanding. Um, you guys have a Thank great you. chemistry and I want to get into that. Before that, though, as someone who has covered um, soccer globally for multiple networks, including international networks, um, what for you is unique? What, what is unique about covering the Champions League? What What is unique about that event, let's say, versus World Cups, which you've covered or other high profile soccer events? What is unique about the product or what is unique about the way we specifically do it? What is unique about be what is unique about covering it regardless of who you are covering it for? Hmm. I mean, I think World Cups World Cups are special just because it's that coming together of of the world of the international soccer community, but the by and large, the level of football that you will see in the Champions League, nobody and nothing can compare with that. So I think, you know, in anything you do in life, if you want to be involved in something, you want to be involved in it at a high level. And Champions League is just where the best football is played. There's there's no arguing that. Like the the level that we saw Manchester City perform at this season in some games, the game, the second leg of the semifinals against Real Madrid, that's football that you you'll never see that at a World Cup. I love World Cups and I love that like ability to kind of get a whole bunch of people on board who can, can understand what it's like to root for your nationality, but don't really understand the game. But to me, Champions League is for people who really appreciate what is so special about the game and when it's played at its best. That's really well said. I think that's kind of what made this year's World Cup final between Argentina and France so unique and interesting because it was such high level mm. football. Which you, which you, yes, agree. Yeah, which obviously, as you've covered many times, like in a World Cup final, you don't always get that. Somebody wins, but the football is not always beautiful. And so um, right. that was a rare thing. Um, and I think you're right. The Champions League during the duration of the tournament will always provide high level at a certain point of the tournament, if not the entire tournament. Okay. I'm going to eventually give you the reason why I think it works, but I want to first get your take. Mm -hmm. Your four-person four studio team of you, Thierry Henry, Jimmy Carragher, Micah Richards, you've gotten great reviews. Uh, this does not always happen, Kate, as you know. Um Sometimes, uh, you know, people will uh, call you like the next inside the NBA. And then there are other studio shows who just get buried 
um, saying it's unwatchable stuff. You and your group have, at least over the course of the last couple of years, been um, objectively sort of tagged as like one of these studio shows that's really good, entertaining, uh, great chemistry, great information. Um, you know, you're talked about with uh, Inside the NBA sometimes and um, Premier mm-hmm. League Live hosted by Rebecca Lowe. I mean, these are the college football game game day. Like these are the these are the iconic studio shows in America. And I think people have at times like mentioned you among that group, which is an incredible, uh, incredible, uh, you know, honor. Uh, why do you think it's a long winded question for me asking you, why do you think this works? Why has it worked? Yeah, I definitely take the inside the NBA thing as a huge compliment because um, that studio show for me is is the bar in terms of entertainment and, and sports coming together. Um, I think it works because it's authentic and it's not trying too hard. I think the the combination of personalities is perfect. Everybody's different. Uh, we've over this last year, I think it's been really wonderful for us to have. I think maybe the first two seasons we rotated in and out a little bit more with talent, different people, you know, weren't committed for the entire season. And so there was kind of some more shifting in those seats. Whereas this season, it's been consistently me, Jamie, Terry, and Mike, and you just get to understand each other and to know each other. Um, And I think that we each have a respect and understanding of what, what each other bring and everybody brings something different. Um, and I think lose one of those pieces and the show is much less. And I think we all understand and and appreciate that about one another. Um, I think it doesn't try too hard. The jokes don't feel, you know, television is a, is a difficult beast sometimes because you want to be entertaining, but the more you try to be that sometimes, the less it can hit and the more kind of cringy it can feel. Um, but I think it can be very scary to go into a television show and have time unaccounted for and not know how we filling this space. But that's what I think that CBS has done really well is just be, be brave in that and think, okay, we're going to have, we have really good content. We have plans to analyze this. We have this great feature on this, but we don't need to pack out a half an hour and leave our analysts with no time for space. Um, So for me, that kind of the courage to kind of a little bit go in, knowing that there will be some unknowns in there. And I also think the the desire of the, the producers, Pete Radovich particularly, to just give space to people to talk about things they care about. That's something I've never really encountered before. Um, so when, I actually don't think this was this season, I think it was last season, when there was a female referee refereeing in, on the Champions League stage for the first time, Pete said to me, hey, do you want to do, do a dialogue about this? Is this something that you care about? And just the fact that he even prompted that thought in me and made me real, like made me sit there and think, well, why is this important to me as a, as a female who's trying to represent for other women in sports? Um, I, I, I just love the fact that, you know, racism is a, a subject that Thierry is really passionate about and how that affects people trying to get into management in the sport, which is something that obviously is very personal to him. And so Champions League final, Pete said, okay, let's do an entire segment on it. And I think oftentimes that just, that kind of understanding of who we each are and what moves us is is very particular to CBS. And it's something, it, it makes me feel valued as somebody on air. It makes me feel understood. And I just think it creates a show that really just is completely authentic. I, I want to follow on that because you, um, your description of that is really, really, um, it's well, it's thoughtful and it's well said. 
and it I think it buttresses sort of something that I've been thinking about with your show. One of the things, Kate, that as someone who's watched as much sports television as I have, that you see time and time again as a pattern is that when you have studio shows, particularly where it's a woman who is the host of the show, so Rebecca Lowe is, is, is an example of, of being an anomaly here. It, it usually happens the other way. And what happens is the woman who is the host of the show is generally speaking there to move the conversation along to highlight what the analysts have to say and very often is not involved in the conversation of whatever the topic is unless it's on the periphery. One of the things about your show that I think is great is that very clearly you are one quarter of the discussion, whatever the discussion is, whether it's race, whether last year when um, – uh, you know, there were stadium issues, security issues in Paris, Real Madrid, and and Liverpool. Um, you're not always going to be the center of the conversation. Like I saw Thierry the other day talk very eloquently about uh, racism um, with uh, Vinicius Jr. So, like, he he carried that as he should. But my thought when I watched that is I, I think of you as a quartet. You're one quarter of that show. I don't think of you as the host in a traditional sense. And I wonder if you're on set— you feel that like the th- every I don't know, like, how do I say this? Like in so many of these sports hosting situations, when it's a woman host, they're essentially there as as almost like a traffic cop, but not an opinionist where I think on your show, you have as much space to give your opinion as the other three guys on the set. Yeah, that's one of the things I actually struggled with when I first came to America. I remember being kind of taken aback by that because in some ways, I came to America and, and moved to, to work with Fox Sports because I because I was so excited about the way they did television and the way they cared about, for example, women's sports. The first sports project I did with Fox Sports was the 2015 World Cup, which was an enormous undertaking for Fox, the, the kind of the investment that they put into that. And that shocked me because coming from the UK at that point in time, there is no network that would put that kind of resources behind a women's World Cup. Um, so I loved that. And that really attracted me to coming to America. And then, you know, you get used to the American sports landscape and a lot of these morning shows, particularly the kind of the debate hot topic type shows, that's the, the, the scenario you describe is often what you see. And I, I find that so limiting for women. And it's, it's weird because you're constantly battling as a woman in sports to be seen as more than just a woman in sports. You want to be seen as equal and you want to be seen as deserving and you want to be seen as thereby right rather than because you have a pretty face or because you, you know, whatever, check whatever boxes. And so I think that was something that almost disappointed me about what I saw in sports television in America. And yes, CBS has definitely made me feel much more than that. Um, I think that CBS has given space to my personality in the same way that they've given space to anybody else at the desk. And and that's interesting to me coming from the UK and that background, because I remember being given feedback when I first started hosting football, live live soccer shows for, for Sky in the UK. And one of the feedbacks was, you're too smiley, get straight to the point you know, enough of the niceties or the high hellos, whatever, like just, just get to it. People are here to talk about football. And that didn't really fit with me. That wasn't like my vibe or my personality. And so 
to be given, come to CBS and be given the space to do, hey, do you, if you want to crack a joke at the top of the show, let's do that. And, you know, it turns out that that's one of the things that has kind of really hit home in in the show. And actually, my my former boss at Sky said to me at some point, hey, you know, I know you always wanted to be able to show your personality more on television and we didn't give you space for that, but this is really working for you and congratulations, which was really nice to hear. Um, but yeah, I do, I do often struggle with seeing li- women limited to positions that they are so much more than. And you mentioned Rebecca Lowe. I actually texted, well, I didn't text her because I didn't have a number. Rebecca and I have never met, but I DM'd her when I got my contract and when that was official, just to kind of say thank you. Because I think, especially for women in sports, there are always people that go before you and there are people that go before you in a really positive way. And and are accepted because of the credibility that they have, the authority with which they speak, the professionalism that they show. And to me, she's that person. And, and the path in America was easier for me because people were used to Rebecca and knew how good she was. Um, so we connected over that, and I, I told her thank you. No, we we have that meeting has to happen one day. I need. Uh, we, yeah, actually, funnily enough, she texted me this morning um, to congratulate me because the contract news had come out over the weekend in Istanbul. And we said the same thing at some point when she's in New York or, and I'm in New York because I plan to be working in New York a little bit more regularly. Um, we're going to definitely going to make that happen. All right. If I could ever make happen getting you both on a podcast, would you, would you agree now to come on? I can, because I think yes, I can get Rebecca to do sure. that too. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Hey, excellent. All right. The Maradona and Messi podcast. It's going to be awesome for me. <laughs> the, all right. So here's the, Following up on what you just said, Kate, this is another thing that I think, and it, again, it sort mm. of plays into the space thing. You are able on that show to make fun of any of the guys on set. And it often to me, it's like the funniest sort of part of a segment is when you will just crush Micah on something. The other day you crushed, I think you crushed here and for his hair. If I remember, I'm trying to remember. Mm. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. And the great thing about it is like one, again, getting back to my point, you do not see this often. In American television, woman sports host sort of having the freedom to crack on uh, the analysts. But the great thing about your group is like everybody is self-deprecating. Like they all can make fun of themselves. Like mm. Thierry Henry is obviously one of the greatest soccer players of his era, but he doesn't take himself so seriously that he can't laugh at himself. And again, that to me is the genius of inside the NBA. Shaquille O'Neal, Charles mm. Barkley, two of the 50 greatest players of all time. Those guys mock each other. They're self-mocking each other, themselves all the time. And I think, again, whether it's Pete Radovich or somebody else, you have figured out the formula that viewers love to see people be self-deprecating about themselves. Yeah, I think I, I often give Micah the credit for that because I think Micah is so good at taking a joke at his expense that then it becomes hard for the rest of the group to be precious about that. Um, because it's just, you can't constantly give to somebody else and not expect to take back. Um, I, I also, I kind of think it's almost like that. It's like a locker room environment in some way, right. Or how you are with your brother and your sister. Like I, if I think back to growing up, there was nobody who destroyed me more than my own brother did, who teased me over everything possible. And it's kind of that, same relationship where everything is fair game because you know each other that well. So to me, it becomes that kind of like brother sister relationship. And I think that that's trust as well, right? Like nobody's going to allow anybody to just come in willy nilly and diss them left, right and center. Like that wouldn't be cool. But because we, we have that trust, 
then it feels okay. It feels permissible. And I remember there was a point where one of them went viral. The one of the intros that I was introducing Micah with, and I think I, you know, I said Champions League winner with uh, with um, Barcelona, Thierry Henry, yeah. Champions League winner with yeah. Liverpool, Jamie Carragher, and then man with five appearances in the Champions League, Micah, which obviously diminishes him to someone. And that one just blew up and went everywhere. And I called him afterwards. And I was like, "Is this like does this touch a nerve with you? Because I don't want it to be disrespectful." I won't continue to make those kind of jokes if you're not cool with it. He was like, no, it's a joke. I totally get it. It's funny. It's fine. But I wouldn't do it if I didn't feel like he was comfortable. I'm not mean. Do you know what right. I mean? Yes, it's all in, it's in good spirit. Yeah. I mean, again, that to me, the reason it blew up is because it's really, really funny. Um, any, you know, <laughs> any person with half a brain understands that if you make it to the level of any of the guys on the set, you're in the, you know, zero 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 one percent of professional soccer players, amazing careers. It just so happens mm -hmm. you happen to have one guy on set who's like an all timer and then the next guy next to him for his club is an all timer. So it's just sort of the way it is. The the thing again, and this would be the last point I want to get to about your show. And again, this is one of the reasons why I think it excels so much, is that you 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 are able to have fun, as we just sort of mentioned, but on serious topics, massive topic in, in, in global soccer is racism. And, and unfortunately, mm. get, I would argue getting worse than, than better. You guys were terrific when it came to the security issues in Paris for last year's Champions League, which were an absolute mess, major issues with uh, the crowd not being able to sit, security issues, etc. Like inside the NBA— they can do the basketball stuff, but I often think the most memorable part of that show is when they hit like these topics that go beyond basketball. For them, obviously, mm -hmm. a lot of times it's race. I think for your show, a lot of times um, it's race or it could be gender and things like that. Um, did the group was the group always comfortable like talking about that stuff, or did you work to it? And then the other thing, and again, this gets to me, the producer. You have to have producers and you have to have a network that is that, you know, we're OK with with our sports group to go to these places that don't traditionally get talked about. But to me, that that's, again, what makes your show very, very different than other shows is you guys are, you know, you're for lack of a better phrase, like you're willing to talk about things that are real. Yeah, um, I, I personally think a large part of that is the leadership of of Pete, Pete Radovich. Um who's the executive producer of all the soccer content at CBS. And I think he, he has set that tone and kind of made it clear that subjects that culturally transcend that things we should be addressing too, right? Um, things that affect the, the game globally or things, things that just affect people globally, I think, or if, if you're a point of reference for people, then it's important to have a voice on those things. And I think that's something that he's driven home with us and tried to help us be comfortable with. Um, I think Thierry is also a driving force with that personally. I think he's really good at connecting on a human level. <laughs> he really cares about um, people and people's stories. So I remember at one point when uh, Ukraine, when the war was really flaring and it was a big subject in the news. So the, the war in UK, Ukraine was really flaring, was a big subject in, in the media at that point. And Pete wanted us to talk about um, the Ukrainian club that was playing in the Champions League and kind of how these players must be feeling. And I think most of us sat there and thought, well, how on earth do we know? I don't know how to relate to that. I don't know what to say on it. Anything feels trite. 
And Terry came up with a parallel from the time that he had been at Montreal and COVID had closed down the borders. And he wasn't in any way trying to say that this compares to war, but he was just saying, I can relate to this feeling of not being able to see my family and being stuck in another country, unable to help them, unable to support them at a time of, of what felt like crisis. And I think he has a really special gift in that, just everything on a human level. He did it pitch side after the, the final, the way he addresses an Elling Haaland or a Jack Grealish and, and talks about, you know, this is what I thought about. I thought about my daughter the moment that the final whistle went and I had won the Champions League. What did you think about? Um, he just has a really great way of of being a human, which is something that in TV and in sports you can often forget. Sounds weird, but I think you get kind of drilled in this mode of I'm on TV. This is like, there's a side of me I'm supposed to present, but it's only that side. Um, and so I think Pete and Terry both have, have been real leaders in that. And it's, it's just, they're subjects that have touched everybody, right? Racism. When you hear the stories, particularly that Terry has lived of, of racism in football, it's heartbreaking, honestly. And I think once you've heard those stories and you've, you know, obviously you have love for that person, you want to give them this platform to share these stories and to let people know, hey, this is what people are dealing with. Um, and so I think it's just having the courage to, to talk about things and know that, you know, not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody is going to like your take, but that's okay. Um, and to just try and feel comfortable with the uncomfortable sometimes. Will you, um, will you miss doing the World Cup? even though you're clearly very happy being at CBS? Um, yeah, I will. I mean, I, I, saying anything else would be a lie. I have loved doing World Cups. There is something so special. I mean, World Cups feel like the longest event on earth when you're working them, especially because I'm often doing a nighttime show and the hours always seem to be horrendous. Um, and the first couple of weeks, you know, group stages, so many games, teams that you don't love to watch. It can feel long, but then when it gets to like quarterfinals or even round of 16, it's it's so special and it's so unique. Um, and I've always loved to be part of it. At last season or last World Cup, I got to work with Mo, who's just a great friend of mine, and that felt like a real privilege. I'll miss doing it, but you know, if I put in the balance what I have with CBS versus doing a World Cup, I mean there's no there's no comparison there. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu couple more things um what even though it's not going to um even though you will not be part of his next journey as someone who has covered soccer at the highest levels what do you make of leo messi coming to mls and what kind of impact do you think it will have on soccer domestically in the united states i mean anything that puts that kind of attention on soccer in the united states is exciting to me i think Timing wise, it's it's great, particularly building up to a World Cup when you hope that there is kind of more and more attention on the sport in America and America is more interested in it. Um, I think it's it's interesting. You can argue and 
some people will say, oh, he's, you know, Messi's done. I don't think he's done. He's, he's shown that he's not done. Is, is he past his prime? Yes. But this is not a player that couldn't get a place at a, at a European team, which has so often been the case in terms of these big name players and moving out to America. It's, it's really when they have exhausted all options in Europe. And I don't think that's at all the case with Lionel Messi. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts. The league presents different issues to playing in Europe. And I think it will be interesting to see how comfortable he can be in that. People are going to go hard against him. Everybody's going to want to try and prove a point against him. I mean, it's Lionel Messi. He's lived that his entire life. Um, I just think for for America and for the sport in America, it, it's such a positive. You know, if you look at CBS opening uh, a 24-hour soccer network and trying to cover the sport and really cater to the fans that are out there that want more content on this sport to now have a Lionel Messi moving to MLS, it's just such a great story. Um, I think it's the perfect market for him in terms of the Latino fans in Miami into Miami definitely needs some help to get better. Uh, I think it's a great storm. It's the perfect storm. In terms of Manchester City, they strike me as a team that, I mean, it's crazy to sort of make a prediction to sort of go back to back on the treble, but like, like they are set up just given their roster for significant long-term success. Obviously, I guess you don't really know what's going to happen with the transfer market, but um, when you look at that team, um, you know, we don't often talk about dynasties like beyond the individual leagues, uh, but Manchester City feels like a potential European dynasty. How do you see them right now? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I think the, the only real question mark over that is does anything happen to them in terms of sanctions because of financial fair play? Um, but let's say it doesn't, then and they continue as are. They're terrifying. They play such great football the team just like it's so finely tuned to Pep Guardiola and what he wants from them. Um, the, the way they dismantled Real Madrid is just nobody dismantles Real Madrid in that way. Um, for me, that was kind of like a real moment of them saying that they had arrived in Europe. I think previous seasons, you've always looked at Manchester City as this kind of team that didn't have the confidence that they deserved to be there or that they could hang with the elite. And I think now after winning the whole thing, that's totally gone. I think with winning, you often see that it's a habit, right? And it's something that once you've started to win, that can escalate. And I think that now that they've got that off their back, they, they've taken away that pressure that, oh, Manchester City, yes, they're good. They can win the Premier League, but they'll never do anything in Europe. Um, now that that's gone, I, I, I think they're, I don't know who beats them at this point in time. I mean, we saw Arsenal run them really close, and I don't think you know people would necessarily have predicted that in the Premier League going into the season. But the way they, they just they were elite. The way they held strong the end of the season that was different levels, and I think they're different levels in Europe too. You um you now work for a place obviously that has like uh, multiple sports properties, mm -hmm. um, and so like while I don't expect to see you on the the NFL, although I think you'd do a fine job if they figured out. Uh, <laughs> You know, what, what, what spot would be for you, but like CBS, you know, they have a lot of things, um, like that are part of their sort of ecosystem. Um, again, I know that you have spent most of your career in, uh, football, soccer slash boxing, but is there anything that CBS has right now that just would interest you, even if it was like a one-off or maybe even just like it interests you to be 
uh, even if you weren't on air, just to maybe sort of take in their coverage. Let's say you just happen to be a like a, a you know a guest with a with a pass uh, behind the scenes. Um, like, what do they have that's interesting to you beyond obviously Champions League, which is clearly interesting to you? I mean, boxing first and foremost. I my love for for boxing runs so deep, and actually, it just kind of as an anecdote to what you said about you know um, NFL. I know you haven't done that, and I haven't. Boxing, I had never done boxing until in the UK, they decided to redo their coverage. I was at Sky at the time. I'd been hosting these big, like the Ballon d'Or, big events, and they wanted somebody who had big crowd experience. And so they asked me, we, you know, we think you'd be the right person. Do you follow boxing? And I said, no, not, you know, very casually, but not really. They said, do you think you could get to know boxing? And I said, yeah, I, I backed myself. And they said, okay, well, we have a pay-per-view fight coming up in six weeks. You've got six weeks to kind of get to grips with the sport. And I hosted, my first fight was Kelbrook against Triple G um, when Kelbrook went up a couple of weight classes to fight Gennady Golovkin. And I never looked back from that moment. From that moment, boxing is the one sport I can't get enough of. I love soccer and I will always love soccer and it feels like home. Boxing is almost like an addiction. I'm in the boxing gym every day I'm at home. I don't want to leave. Um, and so boxing would definitely be top of that list. I guess the other one that always seems really interesting is NFL, just because of the spotlight that is on it probably in, in America. Um, there was a point, I, I can't remember how long ago this was, but JB, who hosts um, Inside the NFL, was taken sick one night. I happened to be in New York because we were filming something else uh, soccer related at the time. And so I got the call the night before and they said, Hey, would you jump in on inside the NFL? We're down a host. Um, and so I ended up hosting that show. Now I know that they catered to me and they helped me out because I, I don't know NFL. I, I obviously I was thrown in the night before. Um, but as a, as a sport and just as a spectacle, I suppose it's that, it's that kind of big event sport that, if you're in America, always seems fascinating to me. So that probably of, of the products that CBS have is the one that I'm not familiar with, of the ones that I'm not particularly involved in right now, but I would love to be would be boxing. Oh, that's cool. I feel like that can happen. I, I, I'll do one last one on boxing here. And mm -hmm. that is, um, you know, again, if you're in the gym and obviously you, uh, and you've called, uh, you've hosted like, you know, real high level, um, championship fights. So you certainly respect the best in class. Boxing is kind of interesting to me because there, there clearly is a audience that will watch, um, like the Jake Paul types fight, even though that's, yeah. you know, I'm sure like what, no disrespect to him, but you know, there's obviously fighters who are fighting who are far more, um, skilled than him as boxers. And yet they won't get the attention so from your perspective like can those two worlds live where you have like the spectacle kind of match where like an influencer type fight somebody along with the traditional fights like I, I mean again if you're someone who like really respects the traditions of the sport I guess I'm asking you how do you see the like the influencers who are clearly getting large sums and large audience I think I think Jake Paul exists in a slightly different category to some of the other YouTube fighters or definitely exists in a different category to some of them just because of the way that he's committed himself to the sport. That feels like it's on a different level to a KSI or 
I don't know, does Zone do a lot of kind of celebrity slash misfit boxing that, uh, you know, that's not real boxing to me. Uh, I'll be honest, it doesn't interest me. It's not a, a, anything that I watch personally. Um, I, I guess, yes, I think they can exist together. The, what, the argument that I don't buy is that the YouTube boxing and the popularity that that has helps regular boxing. I, I just think they're two totally separate audiences. And whilst it's great that, you know, millions of people will tune in to watch Jake Paul, I don't think that that necessarily means or has any implication that people will then tune in to watch, of course, Stevenson or Devin Haney or any of these other guys. Um, I think that it's just two different audiences with different interests. And that will never just just because you're hype about a Jake Paul fight doesn't mean that you'd suddenly love the sweet science of boxing. Right. I'm proud to say I've never spent a dollar on a Jake Paul fight. Um, <laughs> Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Finally, so his last two questions. One, do you know how many countries you have been to in your life? In, not just as a professional, but as a as a human, roughly. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, I have no idea. I'd have to sit and count that for a minute. Okay. Not as many as I would like to. That's for, okay, sure. So, for sure. Well, that's going to be my next one. Is because I figured, let's say the answer, I'm just going to make this up, right? It would have been, let's say, like 45 or 50 for you. So what, as someone who speaks, for, is it four languages? Or has it, have we gotten yes. five or yeah. six? Okay. No, four. we haven't. Kate is fluent <laughs> in four languages. So it's, again, as someone who is really, really fits the designation of global traveler, um, what country that you have not been to would you like to go to and why? Mm. Oh, wow. This is so tough. Um, I have like a thousand thoughts in my mind. Um, my grandma is from Guyana and I have never been there and she hasn't been there in a long time because travel is difficult for her, but I would kind of love to get to know where she is from, how she grew up, what her environment was, places she's been. That's an experience I would really love to have with her. And I, I hope, to have with her um, before it's too late to have with her. So I think that would probably be the choice. If it's just travel for fun, there's like a thousand places on my list. It's really hard to, to whistle that down. Yeah, that's well, that's definitely a place I've never been to. Oh, really interesting. Um, all right. Let me give the plug here because this will come out before this happens. So Kate is hosting CBS's coverage of the 2023 CONCACAF Nations League. Um the final is Sunday, 8.30 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. There are two—correct me, by the way, Kate, if I'm screwing any of this up. There mm -hmm. are two semifinals uh, matches, Panama versus Canada, USA versus Mexico. This is all being done in Las Vegas, and Kate will be there with on-site studio coverage, halftime, uh, post-game, I would think, with Clint Dempsey, Charlie Davies, Jenny Ruiz, and Maurice Edu. Um, did I get that right? I think I have that right. Yes, you did. Got it all right. I'm excited. I'm, yes, I'm really yeah, excited, yeah, no. Krista. It's I a group I really enjoyed. You live in where? 
I live in Toronto, so I love this. Oh, I did not realize that. Well, my hope, and I think everybody's hope at this point would be the ideal fi- final would be USA Canada. That's the one I really want to see. Same, same. My my divided loyalties for me, but yes, that is that is the final <laughs> I would uh, I would be rooting for, and I think it'd be cool. Vegas uh, is, as you know, a very interesting town, and that's that should be some pretty high level soccer. So, uh, um, but you know. Nothing tops the high-level soccer that you just found yourself uh, last weekend. All right, Kate Abdo is the Champions League host for CBS. She recently just signed a uh, four-year deal, I think it is. Four-year deal with CBS exclusively. So you're going to be seeing her face and her hearing her words on the Champions League studio show with Thierry Henry, Jamie Carrigan, Micah Richards, and again, to me, now on the short list of the best studio shows out there kate as you know i've been a great admirer of yours for a long time um i think you do tremendous work and i cannot tell you how excited i am to see that like a company has finally like done the right thing here and just committed to you long term um it's great news for soccer fans and i'm happy for you personally and thank you so much for joining me today on the sports media podcast thank you so much i really really appreciate that thank you it's good to talk to you All right, back in the studio. My thanks to Kate Abdo. That was great. Um, not unexpected at all. And uh, check out her work on CBS this weekend. Prior to this podcast, I had an NBA Finals viewership discussion uh, with uh, Sports Media Watch founder John Lewis and Austin Karp, managing editor slash digital of the Sports Business Journal. Had uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg to talk about uh, the PGA Tour Live Golf merger. Also, I had Chad Mum the executive producer of Full Swing, the Netflix series that covers the PGA Tour. Man, that guy has gotten some crazy good footage, uh, especially with the Canadian Open uh, that just occurred. Beth Mullins and Michelle Smith were on this podcast to talk about women's softball. Caitlin Thompson, Rackets co-founder, to talk about how we consume tennis in the U.S. Jeff Van Gundy was a recent guest on this podcast. Alan Sepinwall was a recent guest on this podcast. COO of Endeavor, Mark Shapiro, also their president a recent guest on this podcast, Peter King as well. Head to the archives. There should be some stuff you like. If you like this kind of stuff, leave us a five-star review. A nice note. That's how this podcast continues. I want to thank Patrick Antonetti for all his hard work. Thank you to everybody at Odyssey for their support. Most of all, thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on Sports Media Podcast.